Welcome to Amargal Football Weekly. So, uh, we're back. It's, uh, I, not, not much has happened, I think, in the last two years. I, I don't, I, I was asleep. Uh, the last thing I remember is waking up on the final day of the 2020 Premier League season in, uh, you know, July of all, of all months. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're, we're back. Uh, Kyle, you want to say hello? What's up, guys? It's, uh, it's kind of kind of feels like the season just finished the other day, and and now we're ready to talk about a brand new Premier League season. Yeah, and and Mike, if you if you want to say hi to everybody, this is crazy. Like you guys said, it has been almost two years since we've been together. Uh, we've had a really good group chat, but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, with all of us settling, uh, you know, me settling into my new home, Sean settling into his, and us finally figuring out the audio, we're back, and uh, we can start bringing you guys some good content again. Yeah, obviously, you know, uh, you know, the old podcast, Box to Box Football, uh, you know, all, all those, uh, the, the listeners, hopefully they'll join us over here at Amargo Football Weekly, and uh, there'll, there'll be some other shows we're going to have as well. Obviously, we're going to try to do this uh, as much as possible every week, uh, maybe a little bit more, hopefully, maybe, you know, but at least every week, and there'll be some other shows on the website. The website is going to be called Amargo Football Daily. Or MargalFootballSerry.com. Um, so uh, you can find it there. There's a Twitter page, Margal Football. So uh, Kyle's tw- KJ underscore Franco with a K. Yep. Uh, I'm free. I'm off social media. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> all right. No, I, I tried to link you to something like the other a, day. That's probably I, I'm, a good I'm decision. Actually, I'm obviously the prodigal Sean. But, uh, you know, I – we 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 missed a a really good time for for me obviously i'm just going to assume that the last 2 years didn't happen so uh <laughs> I, I don't you know i don't know who won the champions league 2 years ago or the premier league but uh you know for for all of us now it, it's good once again because you know Kyle's team is back in the league uh after a uh stirring playoff you were very yeah. you were very uh you were a little worried before that game, I know, and they, they really I, kind of took it to Brentford. Uh, yeah, because they had, um, you know, and I know I love that we're talking about Fulham right off the top of the show here, but, um, you know, obviously the most popular of the Premier League clubs. But, yeah, no, I was worried about that game. Um, Brentford had, had beat Fulham up pretty good in, in both of the meetings during the regular season. Um, but, you, you know, uh, you know the Fulham boys – you know, did did what they they had to do. They hung in there, and then uh, you know, Joe Joe Bryan with a really an unforgettable goal in that in that playoff to yep. catch the goalkeeper off guard, and then you know, hanging on two one victory. And and now the key is just going to be: can you learn from your mistakes uh, of the last go around in the Premier League where you were just terrible uh, and and got yourself relegated right back to the Championship? Do you learn from those mistakes uh, and and what you can do to to stay in the league? And you know. Obviously, for for uh, Mike and I, uh, came down to the last game of the season, and um, you know, but obviously, both of us will be in, in in playing in Europe next year, which is pretty cool. Um, Manchester United obviously winning that game and finishing third after, I mean, it it, it was a pretty bad uh, first six months, but they were unbelievable after basically from January end of January on, and after the break, they came out and. They, you know, they didn't really lose a game. And, you know, obviously Leicester came, you know, the hottest team in the league, basically, other than Liverpool, and kind of rode that to a fifth-place finish. 
I mean, for, for you, does that does the season now that you kind of have a little bit of time to look back? Is it kind of a you know, are you, are you is it a disappointment the way it ended or is it I mean are you still kind of excited that you get to play in Europe so at the beginning of the season I thought if Leicester is playing European football that would be an amazing outcome and it still is but boy did we take a heartbreaking path to it and yeah. Leicester and Manchester United actually kind of had the same season in reverse where mm-hmm. you guys were really bad at the start of the season we were really good and then the inverse happened. Um, a lot of people look back and wonder kind of where it went wrong for Leicester. And I think there's really two games that you could point to. The first one being 5-0 to Manchester City. I don't think they ever recovered from that. And even if they were able to get the wheels back on at least a little bit, the second one came when they lost to Aston Villa in the semifinal of yeah. Carabao Cup. Those are really the two matches where you look at it and go, oh boy, that's that's really kind of when the wheels came off. Um, after the break, I I don't want to necessarily give them a pass per se, but it was always going to be a struggle, if not impossible, to try and qualify for the Champions League without Pereira, Madison, and Chilwell. And I think the injuries really had a lot to do with their form after lockdown and after coming back um but it's it was great to see them play well early in the season i think europa is a good outcome for them uh but as i said earlier kind of the most heartbreaking path to it possible do you think that i i I thought about this too like do you think that nine nil game where they just southampton just had the man sent off early and, and you just like Man, this is crazy. I remember this yeah. back in December when they had, you know, they, they they had basically 35 points or something through 17 matches or 16 matches. Uh, looking back, and, and you're like, man, this team's really good. Do you think that kind of raised? Because then, like a month later, they play Southampton again, and Southampton beats them. You're like, wait, whoa, what's you know, what's going on? I mean, do, do you think that kind of like raised the expectations, like? through that stratosphere basically for the team and then you know basically they they were somewhere in between obviously where they were then and at the end of the season right right um i i think sometimes in football just extraordinary circumstances happen and i think Mm -hmm. that game was just a set of extraordinary circumstances that turned out well for Leicester. um to kind of the average fan yeah absolutely i could see where everyone looked at that game looked at 35 points through 17 games looked at nine nil and went, oh my God, where did Leicester come from? Uh, but as a supporter, I kind of always knew they had the talent. Um, when we did our preseason predictions last year, actually, we didn't do them last year. I just put them up on my old Twitter. Um, I had Leicester finishing sixth. I thought they were finished ahead of both, uh, or, or ahead of United, actually. Um, I thought Arsenal was going to be way better last year than they were. But I, I thought European football was a realistic possibility. They overachieved. It looked like they were going to go to Champions League. But I think more than anything, I think the the tail after lockdown, it's probably not going to be the injuries, but it probably should be. Because if you lose, losing Chilwell, losing Madison, and losing Pereira, that's three of your, what, five best players, if not four best yeah. players? Vardy was never going to be able to take you to Champions League by himself. Yeah. And it just, I mean, for me, for Manchester United, obviously I, I went over – um in november for my usual my annual trip and and saw 
them draw with Villa 2-2, saw them beat Tottenham 2-1. And I don't know if you're watching the all or, all or nothing Spurs thing, but uh, basically Jose's first couple weeks in charge, he had to go back and United beat them. They played out of their mind. They, they dominated. They went to City that Saturday. We went to that game. They played out of their minds. They beat City. And then they come home. They beat AZ. They, they tie with Everton. And it was just like all over the place, up and down, up and down. And I just didn't have a lot of confidence in the team. And obviously Bruno Fernandes came in and, and he changed the whole team. And, you know, now they, they finished third. They got to the semifinals of the FA Cup, the semifinals of the League Cup, and the semifinals of the Europa League. And, um, you know, they didn't win anything. But, you know, finishing third with that team, I think, was massive because – you know, obviously they're going to sign some players. Like they, they've already signed one. Um, who's going to Donnie Vanderbeek's going to come in and, and play well. And I, you know, there, there's probably going to be a couple more signings, uh, hopefully. But um, it, it kind of uh, changed the whole way the the team is going. Um, and I know just speaking to a lot of fans on Twitter, it gives a, a lot of confidence to, to them the way that the season ended. I mean, they, I think they were 20, 20 unbeaten before they lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup, but they didn't lose a game in the league um, from January 22nd till the end of the season. So I think it gives you a lot of confidence going in to the season. So, I mean, it's been a while. I, I, obviously, it's, it's, it's hard. Last year, with the, the COVID changed everything obviously that three-month break but it was a really weird year for the Premier League I guess you know kind of here start talking about you know the uh, the, look back at last year but Liverpool didn't lose a game and then you know they had the league locked up basically by January 1st or whatever it was because Manchester City was awful at times and then you know after you know they, they go into the break and then after the break everybody was like oh what's wrong with Liverpool well they had already been knocked out of the Champions League by Atletico Madrid right before the, the COVID break. They knew they won the league. So, I mean, you know, they, they finished with 99 points, one off the record. Um, and they were just, just the, you know, obviously the best team in the league all year. Uh, Manchester City was second. They finished 102 goals and 18 points off, which is kind of ridiculous. That team should never be losing nine games in the league. Um, you know, United third, Chelsea fourth. Um, I think obviously we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll talk about Chelsea this year. Leicester fifth, Tottenham sixth. So those are your European teams. And Arsenal uh, winning the FA Cup finishes in, in a Europa League spot as well. So, um, but it it was a weird year. You know, Sheffield United was up near the top for so long, and then kind of you know, finished ninth. But they had a pretty good year. Uh, a lot. Dean Henderson obviously um, did that. And then some of these teams, you know, you got those that that pack of teams basically from, uh, you know, Burnley or Southampton down, Everton, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, all those teams. And at the end, they were all kind of really safe probably for, uh, you know, basically when the, the pretty close to the, when the restart came back. And then, you know, you had those teams at the bottom. But if you guys want to talk about some of these teams at the bottom that you really kind of, disappointed or surprised they were there I, I i would think probably watford's watford and bournemouth stick out right away right uh i would have thought bournemouth would have stayed up uh with with eddie howe i thought he had got 
that club in a position where it, it was able to kind of avoid falling into the bottom three. So I was a little disappointed that to see Bournemouth go down because Bournemouth the club that was a nice story in getting up to the Premier League uh, a few years prior and then being able to stick for a few years. Uh, and then unfortunately, just a, a lot of things go, go against you. And it's hard too when you're one of the smaller clubs in the league, when things start to go against you, whether it be injuries, whether it be a, a bad run of form, you know, I think sometimes it, it, it can be hard to sort of recover that. Um, you know, obviously, uh, and you had Watford uh, going down as well, uh, kind of slipped up later in the in, in the season and ended up getting caught from behind. And then Aston Villa stays up, if, if you know, on that last day of the season, uh, right? Uh, Graylish scores that great goal for Aston Villa. And then they, they concede uh, immediately after that. And all of a sudden it's it's 1-1. And you remember the drama on the on the last day of the season. Um, but at the end of the day, Aston Villa stays up. And I think that's good for the Premier League to have Aston Villa stay up. Aston Villa is a pretty big club. Um, and and particularly in, in the Midlands, uh, where Birmingham is its great rivals in the second division. Um, obviously, Wolves have been, been good last year. But I, I think to, to have multiple clubs... Um, from there in the league, and it gives you those those rivalry games, um, be it Aston Villa against Wolves this year. Uh, I think that's good for for the Premier League. Aston Villa is obviously a a club that a lot of people know about, so so I was happy that uh, it was able to stay up. Yeah, I echo ninety percent of the sentiment there from Kyle. I think the team that stood out to me as impressive for the bottom half of the table was Southampton, because they started off horrifically. You know, they have that nine nothing result, and all of a sudden you're what, middle of November, and you're thinking about goal differential if you're Southampton because of how bad that game was for them. Uh, and for them to be able to kind of get the wheels back on, I think they finished like 12th or 13th, actually. I don't even think oh, they were finished really 11th. They, 11th. They, they had the uh, same amount of points. Or they had 52 points uh, just behind Burnley. Finished with 15 wins, 7 draws, and 16 losses. So, I mean, they were terrible, like you said. But they, he, he's a good coach. Yeah, Ralph Hassan-Huddle, their manager, is a good coach. He got that, that program turned around. Um, Watford, a thousand percent, deserved to get relegated. We still haven't heard the story of what happened with Nigel Pearson, but that was absolute <laughs> insanity to, to fire Pearson after that game. Um, as a Leicester supporter, I'm familiar with, uh, let's call it the fieriness of Nigel Pearson. And uh, Sean and I actually kind of made a joke at, at halftime of that game against West Ham. I sent Sean a text and said, I'm pretty sure Nigel Pearson beat someone in the locker room at yeah. halftime. Um, <laughs> Something had to have and, and he might have because he got fired the next day after that match. And and as somebody who's who supports a club who has been through the, hey, let's fire fire managers all the time, it usually gets you relegated when you, when you start doing that kind of thing and you're on manager number four by the end of the season. Probably a pretty in, – it's a good indication that, one, your team's not very good – and if your team's not very good, you're probably in a relegation scrap. So I think Bournemouth finds themselves in actually a pretty interesting scenario. Uh, Newcastle, it was announced today, actually, the 7th of September, that Newcastle probably picked up their two best players, uh, getting Ryan Fraser on a free and then Callum Wilson for $20 million. Um, Bournemouth was really smart in the transfer market. They saved a lot of money. The players that they sold, they're selling for profit. Um, if they can keep some of those guys together, they might be able to come right back up. However, it's if hard, they that league is so hard, right? That league is, that league is, is that it, it's so that it's such a grind in the championship. The teams are so 
similar and no so any, evenly matched. No um, anyhow and, either. Yeah, and and if you get and if you get sucked down in the championship, and it doesn't go well that first year, you can really get stuck. Yeah, um, you you have to have ownership that is committed to trying to bounce right back up, or else you can find yourself in in a lot of trouble. Um, and, and thankfully, you know, I think from the, from uh, again from a Fulham perspective, as somebody as you guys know by now, um, the, the the club I support, that you know Fulham's ownership, the the cons, did it wanted to get back to the Premier League, um, and were able to keep a lot of the the players from that Premier League team that got relegated together. And a lot of those players were good championship players. And then you add some guys uh, uh, around them, uh, and you're able to, to again, finish inside the top six and, and then win the playoff. But if you're not committed to still being able to, to spend some money to, to try and get back up, then you could be in a, in a lot of trouble, and you could really get stuck in, in into that, that kind of that vortex that sucks you down. And you look at a club like Sunderland that, that plummeted into now – League One, yeah. So that you could also end up in that situation. And, and like in- I, I think that's a, a great point, Kyle. If Bournemouth doesn't get back up this year, uh, I, I think the water could get pretty deep for them in terms of trying to get back to the Premier League. Um, and another team, Sean, probably you're not very happy about this one, but Leeds United coming back. To yes, got to talk. Got to talk. Got to talk about Leeds. Leeds. Leeds, and and if uh, I'm sure. You know, people who who are from the UK know <laughs> Leeds United was a huge club yeah. at one point. Yep. Some may argue it's still it might still might argue it still is, but uh, uh, there are probably a lot of people here in America that don't realize um, how big of a club Leeds United used to be. And uh, I, I think I told told you this, Mike. Go go check out the movie That Damned United. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you have a chance, it, it's it, it's about Leeds, mm-hmm. and it, it it'll give you a little bit of history on uh, what what happened to that club and they went chasing champions league glory uh and when they missed out on the champions league what was it i think they finished fifth or something mm-hmm. yeah. uh so they missed out champions league that year and ended up having to sell off their players 2002. uh and that and that led to the club's downfall which i think took them all the way down to what league one they went down to league one yeah they, they and, were and uh, now they were in the uh, champions league semifinals in 2000 I think it was 2000, 2001, one of those years. Uh, they, they, they lost to one of the Spanish teams. There was two uh, Deportivo, La Coruña, and, and that was back when the Champions League was a little bit different. Some uh, interesting teams. But, yeah, you know, obviously it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do when they come back because they've been backed a little bit. They bought, they bought some decent players. Yeah, a guy like but, Rodrigo is one of those guys who could score enough goals that, you know, single-handedly keeps you up a Danny Ings type. Uh, and Marcelo Bielsa as the head coach, who is a real firebrand. He's good at Marcelo Bielsa in the Premier League is something I'm I'm ready for. Um, <laughs> uh, this because that could get that 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 could go that could go off the rails too. As <laughs> yeah. much as Leeds we'll could be exciting and on the, the front League. foot and and could be a surprise, or if it starts to go off the rails, it could totally blow up on Leeds uh, with Bielsa in charge. So that, that that could go either way, and I'm I'm definitely down for Bielsa and Leeds back in the Premier League. And that's exactly what I was going to say, Kyle. You look at two big clubs that have kind of gotten out in the woods a little bit. To have Aston Villa back now and seemingly set, because their ownership's going to spend money, they'll get some more good players this year, and to have Leeds United back in, I mean, you're looking at two pretty substantive clubs back in the Premier League. Uh, that that's good for business 
for the Premier League to have those two clubs back, certainly. And then, you know, um, I guess you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about, I think, the bottom half of the, the, the league, you know, right now. Um, and, uh, you know, another team that came back up is West Brom, West Bromwich Albion, who's, uh, you know, they, they kind of, between Leeds they're, and... You know, they're the definition of a yo-yo club. Yeah. I mean, they, between West Brom and Leeds last year, you know, they, they were basically leading the championship the entire way. I mean, it was a really a two-horse race. I mean, they kind of faltered for a little bit, and maybe Brentford got back in it, and then... Know, the last two days. Well, that last day, that last day of the season, yeah, uh, came down to if you remember West Brom, Brentford, and Fulham. Yep, all had a chance to finish second on that last day, and uh, it ended up being uh, West Brom by by virtue of a draw against QPR. Uh, and, and look, and West Brom is probably of those three clubs. West Brom was the one that deserved the automatic promotion. Yeah, uh, it was in the top two spots basically for 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 basic for basically all year. Um, you know, they've, they've kept, uh, uh, Pereira from sporting Lisbon. He was on loan last year with West Brom. Now he's on a permanent deal. Um, so that's been their big summer signing. Are they good enough to stay in the division? I don't know. Uh, I, I, there's, I think they're, they're probably going to be one of those teams you, you, you put your finger on and and go, okay, they're, they're going to be in a relegation. Well, so if you look at odds checker, uh, they're the number one team to go down. They're actually 11 to 10 right now. I thought it. See, in fact, I I thought that I thought it'd be full. Yeah. To, so to, to be honest second, with you, yeah, they're actually both tied with eleven to ten odds to to get relegated. Um, and that would be the one I keep we'll, an eye on though, because Fulham, you know, with Tony Khan, they'll spend money. Will they spend it on the right guys? You don't know, but they'll spend. Well, they um, they didn't do that last right. time, which was which was the problem. They they got in the league and they went, oh, we're going to spend, 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 and they brought in a bunch of guys who couldn't yep. play. Right, and none of those guys are here now. Um, but I'll say this: with the short turnaround from the end of when last season was because of the COVID break to the short turnaround here, we haven't seen that. That and whatever your your situation is financially with your club may also impact. See, if you're not named Chelsea and you're not throwing around two hundred million on every single player that's available in the transfer market, you might be a little bit more conservative in how you build your team right so they brought in right so Fulham brings in uh, Harrison Reed who was on loan last year and had a nice season he comes in from Southampton on a, on a full on a full transfer uh Lamina also from Southampton uh on loan and then they bring in a guy like Anthony Robinson who is was first of all he was terrific for Wigan last year um after the break he's he's a left back um, which is kind of interesting because they had Joe Bryant who plays there. Um, but Robinson was terrific for Wigan after the break. He was actually supposed to move to AC Milan in January, but he failed a, a, a medical. He had some kind of heart issue that they had to get straightened out. So he stayed at Wigan, had a really good second half of the year, um, and then he ends up getting the move to Fulham. And the reason I also bring him up is because if he plays well, that's the guy for the U.S. who's going to be the left back for the U.S. men's national team. And... That's where Fulham sits right now. You just brought up what four or five guys they brought in with West Bromwich Albion. You're talking about one, and it's a guy they already had last year. No, West Bromwich Albion. They just signed the the 22 year old kid Grady Diangana, the the from West Ham. But that's I, another one guy that was already on that squad last year. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. But they they signed it. I mean, West Ham. I mean, all the West Ham fans in the. I don't know if you saw Twitter. The players were. 
thought that, you know, this kid's going to come back and fight for a spot. And he was on a, you know, he had five and a half years left and they, they sold him for 20 million to West Brom and West Brom's like, like there was a good story about it. West Brom's like, yeah, we don't really have the money to spend because we already brought, you know, somebody in. And then they're like, man, we got to buy this kid. He's 22 and he scored eight goals with six assists. So, um, you know, they bought him. So whether that, you know, they're going to obviously get some loans. And the transfer window is open till October 5th in the league. But then you can send players out on loan, which won't affect these to, to the championship and stuff. I think maybe for 10 days later. Um, so it's going to be interesting because the league starts this weekend. This is, we're recording this on, on uh, Labor Day, uh, the 7th of September. Uh, the, the league starts this weekend for most teams, everybody except for uh, Manchester United and Manchester City. So um, there's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams start. It's going to be like it used to be where there's going to be like three weeks of games and they're saying, oh, man, we need this, we need this, we need this. We're going to need to find some money. So see, so yeah, it's going to be maybe back to that crazy um, – transfer window closing day where you know people it was maybe four or five years ago where people are lining up outside the gates which should be interesting so but uh i think i think west brom is probably uh would, would probably be my pick maybe to, to 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 be the one of the teams to go down but you know obviously slavin Bilic is the coach and you know he's done a pretty good job there and and with um west ham in the past so we'll, we'll see uh maybe I would think maybe the other team that right now I think could struggle and struggled last year is West Ham as well. So um, just just a quick rundown of the odds here. You have West Bromwich Albion and Fulham both at eleven to ten. You have Fulham at two to one. Uh, Newcastle at nine to four, which surprises me a little bit. Same with Crystal Palace at nine to four, and then you have Burnley three to one, Sheffield United, Brighton, and Leeds all four to one, and then West Ham nine to two. Well, look at Newcastle, who you had to, they went through the, the takeover that wasn't, yeah. right? Um, you know, and, and so where does that where does that leave Newcastle? They did bring in Callum Wilson, Ryan Fraser, both from, from Bournemouth. Um, and Crystal Palace really struggled after the, the COVID break. Really, really limped to the finish line. Awful. Thankfully thankfully for them, it, they had done enough work before the COVID break that they were pretty, pretty safe. Um, but did not play well um, down the down the stretch there, and then also, you know, it, it, do they keep do they keep Willie Zaha? That's right? a great point, and you guys know I've been a hater of Crystal Palace for a couple of years now. Uh, I just don't really see it with that team, particularly if they sell Zaha. I mean, if they sell Zaha, you're looking at a club that can finish in last place, bottom of the table, because um, that's really all they have. Milivojevic in the midfield is okay. Um, but Wayne Hennessy, their goalkeeper, and Vicente Guiada, they're again, they're okay fringe Premier League players. Uh, that that's a team that I really look forward to struggle this year, particularly if Zaha either leaves or does the Riyad Mahrez thing, where I want to leave, they won't sell me, so I'm basically being held hostage, and I'm going to make everything a mess. Uh, I, I think the road for Crystal Palace, that's kind of number one with a bullet point for me in terms of teams that could really struggle. One of the teams that you mentioned that I actually don't think, I, I think they played pretty well under uh, their coach last year, and I think they're going to get better is Brighton. Um, you know, he, he's a, I think he's a 
very good coach. And uh, they, 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 after the break, they played pretty well. I mean, they only finished with 41 points, but um, that's a team who's kind of now established in the league uh, three or four years now. Um, obviously, they're going to spend a little bit of money. They've let a couple of the older guys go here. Um, so I, I think they're going to be able to, to, to send in, and they play and they're going to get points. The, the, the problem I think with some of those teams last year, and obviously outside of Norwich, who just got beat basically every time they played, um, even with all that talent, they tried to play too open and go for wins, but, um, without enough talent all over the pitch, but you have to be able to win some games. Um, you know, you, you, draws are good on the road against some of the, the top teams, but you got to be able to post some wins every once in a while and rack up three points. And the, the way they play, I think sometimes they're able to do that. And they had some big wins last year. Um, I, I think they're going to be one of these teams that'll probably be okay uh, come, come the end of the season. I think Leeds, uh, I, I just... I don't see it. I, I think, you know, they're going to be all right. I just, uh, they're going to spend some money. This is the first year back. I, you know, I, and whether they're Sheffield United from last year up in the top five, I don't know about that, but I don't think they're going to be uh, anywhere near the, uh, hopefully they don't win a game. I mean, I, I say to everybody, I hope they lose every game 5-0, except for the two United games, they lose 10-0, but they're not going to. They're, they're, they're a good team. So, you know, I, th- I think they'll be okay. Um, just looking here at Newcastle, I just you know, I, I, once again, I, he's a good coach, and they're going to spend some, spend a little bit. I mean, you see them spending a little bit of money. They're not buying Mbappe and Neymar like all the fans wanted a, a couple months ago. But they'll they'll be all right. The, the interesting thing with them might be the hangover from the this thing. I mean, it, the deal is done, and then it wasn't. So we'll see if. Well, that's because their fan. That's because that's because they thought the deal was going to be done, and they they would come in and and the new owners would just splash all this cash around and make Newcastle the next Manchester City, yeah. and then that didn't happen. And now you're still kind of stuck in this. Uh, are we where where do we sit in terms of the Premier League hierarchy? Are we, um, you know, are we a team that can challenge for the top six? Are we? mid-table or are we going to be in a relegation fight and Newcastle probably will be in a relegation fight this year see I think they're a little bit better than that I think Wilson and Frazier are good players I mean granted they're signed from a team that just got relegated but I think you add them to a team that has a certain level about them in Newcastle I think they'll finish pretty comfortably um in the mid-table you talked about Brighton Sean them signing Adam Lallana uh from Liverpool he'll be a contributor you know, he's a guy at Liverpool that doesn't really stand out and doesn't do much, but you put him on a team like Brighton and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, Adam Lallana is pretty OK. Uh, I, I think he'll be a, a decent signing for them. So we talked about Crystal Palace. We talked about West Brom. So who is that third team? You know, you know, who I think could struggle. Who's that? Sheffield United. I agree. I agree. Because, I mean, obviously, Dean Henderson was unbelievable last year for them. Uh he obviously couldn't play the two games against United, and they Sheffield United gave gave up six goals in those two games against Manchester United against his parent club. But you know he was I think second for the Golden Glove. I think fourteen, fifteen clean sheets. I mean he's he's a big time keeper. He's going to be United Manchester United's um, 
keeper of the future at some point. Well, they signed they they signed the Rangers keeper. They also signed the guy from Bournemouth. Correct. So they signed right. Wes Fotheringham from Rangers, and they also signed Aaron Ramsdale for almost twenty five million. So they must believe in in him. Uh, that's that's pretty big money to commit to a keeper. They, that that means they believe Henderson is not coming back for sure. Yeah, no, nah, he's not. He's he's staying with United, uh, Manchester United. Um, if he goes out on loan, maybe it'll be the uh, one team that needs it. We'll talk about them later in Chelsea. I mean, spending money like a drunken sailor on every attacker in the country, but <laughs> haven't bought a keeper or a. Or a uh, I guess Kepa's pretty good, so we'll we'll see. But um, well, let's let's let's. Well, we might as well since you brought it up. Let's talk Chelsea. Um, <laughs> and and two spending two hundred million pounds uh, in in a, in an era when everybody seems to be financially handicapped except them. Uh, Timo Werner in from Leipzig, Hakim Ziyech from Ajax, Chilwell from Leicester, uh, Kai Havertz the 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 most recent one from Leverkusen, and Thiago Silva, but he was a free from from PSG. And um, he's old. He also might be the most important of those signings that that they made because that that Chelsea back four was was really really shaky last here's season. the here's the thing though like if Ch- chelsea's like i mean i like that kid of hurts i mean he's good he's just he's really skinny he's gonna take him some time to come in you know werner zeitz i mean they that was the that was the positions they didn't need. like they already have pulisic they already have you know all these guys like they have mason mount they have you know cal hudson i mean they have those guys they needed like a goalkeeper, and they need like other play. I mean, they, you can only play really five attacking players at most at, at, at once. I mean, you got to have some kind of midfield. You mean you mean Chelsea's not going to play with uh, seven forwards this year and, uh, <laughs> I, I and, just, and, I mean, and three defenders? God, I mean, per, like obviously Pulisic is a good player. I mean, he he had a good restart when they came back. Now all of a sudden, you're bringing these other guys in, and all of a sudden, you're like it's like you're taking time away because I mean. Lampard seems to love Mason Mount. Uh, and, and you still got Tammy Abraham, and you've got uh, Olivier Giroud. Giroud is really good and after mm. the restart for them as well. So I actually don't think all these signings affect Pulisic that much because none of them are really left-side players. Pulisic seems to actually be pretty set on the left side. The guys you look at are, are the Callum hudson that you know. Where is he well, going to find? I think, yeah, I think he's going to find him. Well, I think he's going to find himself out on low. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a prime candidate for that. He seems like he seems like a guy who who is who is probably so far down the pecking order. He yep. needs a move away from Chelsea with <laughs> with all these signings. So you need depth, right? We talk about it all the time, Sean. In terms yeah. of you need depth. Mason Mount and Kai Havertz are probably going to play your ten and alternate time. That's good. Zayesh on the right side is going to play a ton. I think this is a really deep squad in terms of up front. It's got a ton of quality up front. Is it going to be able to get enough from its defense? Uh, the goalkeeper rumor going around right now is uh, Edouard Mendy from France. Um, the next game I watch of him will be the first. I can't pretend to have any kind of opinion on him. Um, but Kepa had the worst safe percentage in the league. You're right. They needed to get better at the back. And they decided instead of getting better at the back, we're just going to try and outgun teams. Yeah, and look, hey, you of all people here would say, I mean, is, is Chilwell, is he worth that? Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of people think he's just okay. He is. He's just but, okay. I don't think that he has any 
well, any would be overstated. I don't think he has a ton of defensive class. He's an offensive-minded left back. He's going to be a guy who dives forward, who creates a number of opportunities, uh, borderline selfishly even, instead of putting the ball into the midfield, he likes to put the ball over the top and put it into the box. Uh, defensively, Chilwell doesn't give you much of anything. Uh, he, he's an offensive-minded fullback. He's going to get forward. He's going to play aggressive. He's going to create goals. He's going to cost you goals. Is he a $65 million player? Not a bleeping chance. <laughs> That's I, the problem, I think, with them. I mean, you, you, they're throwing around this money. and I, I mean, look, these guys are good. These are good. I mean, good these are good players. players. Yeah. They're good attacking players. But, you know, I mean, Thiago Silva is 36. I, and he played in, in that, you know, League One for you know, eight years or whatever, it's going to be different. Hey, League no, One had two of the Final Four in Europe, sir. Yeah. Yeah, no. The, the, I know the top teams are pretty good, but it, the style of play is a little bit different. Like, they, yeah. you know, they don't beat each other up. Um, I, you know, if they're going to try to win every game 4-3, that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I, same thing. I hope Manchester United tries to do that as well. But, like, I mean, you can't. They got us. I mean, it's all going to be for naught if Kep is letting balls go through his through his legs, and you know the right back is is getting caught out, and and uh, all these other guys. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, their their squad right now is really unbalanced, and it, I mean, you know, they 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 also have to send some guys out at some point. I mean, they got all these guys. Uh, Mishi Batsuai, they're talking about they want to sign him to another longer deal so they can sign and send him out on loan and stuff. You know, it's just, you know, what are you going to do with three keepers? If they sign this guy from France, who's taking Kepa? You know, what are they going to take, a $60 million loss on him? It means the, the richest, highest, highest paid goalkeeper yeah, in the world. Yeah, who's buying him right now? It's it's tough. I mean, you know, if you, if you try to sell him, I mean, he loses confidence. It's tough. I mean, you got Rudiger, Alonso, Christensen, Zuma. They, they're all right. You know, I like Reese James a little bit. So, I, you know, they're obviously one of the four best teams in the league at this point. And that's exactly what I was going to say. For everything that we said, Werner, Zayesh, Havertz, and Pulisic is – or Pulisic, sorry, is special. It's special. That's about that's about as, as good as you can get, you know, in, in terms of an attacking, attacking front. And then you didn't even talk about guys like Tammy Abraham – who is their leading goal scorer, uh, and then Giroud, who gives them a, a veteran presence, kind of a uh, a big battering ram you can you can knock balls into as well, uh, and then Mason Mount, who just played a ton of minutes because Frank 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 Lampard loves it, so you can you can guarantee he's going to get a lot of minutes too this year. But look, Chelsea may go out and try and win every game five four, and as a and as a neutral, would you have any problem with that? Absolutely not, and they have the offensive talent to do so. I mean, I. I love Kai Havertz. He is such an unbelievable, creative midfielder. To me, I, I don't mean to overstate this. I think he's a De Bruyne level player. I really think he's going to make that big a contribution where a guy you're talking about two or three years into the league could be winning uh, league player of the year. All right, top top of the league now. So Liverpool won the league last year, 99 points. Uh, you got Manchester City after that. Manchester United, Chelsea was fourth. Spurs was fifth. Wolves, Spurs, no, Leicester was fifth. Spurs, sixth. Wolves, seventh. It's somewhere. I, mean, I might have got that backwards. You have to check that for me. But uh, that's right, yeah. It was more or less. That's what it is. Can, is it more? Is it open this year? Are there more teams who can win it this year? Or is it still Liverpool and City and then everybody else? 
I, I mean, I'm going to say, look, I, I right now, like, this is before Messi or whatever. I, I just, I, I think Manchester is going to run away with the league. Um, I, you know, I think these other teams in the league have, you know, spent some money. You know, obviously Chelsea's spending money. Leicester's going to, you know, get better because spending some of the money from the players they got, you know, hopefully for, for Samsel. Uh, the Wolves obviously are getting better. Um, Manchester City's spending like crazy. Manchester United's bought one player now. They brought Bruno in the thing, and they're obviously going to probably get, you know, ho- hopefully two or three more players, maybe just two. Um, and there's Liverpool, who came off this season where they were really cruising along. They won their first title in three decades. Um, kind of gave up in the in the uh, League Cup. Uh, their big kind of uh, controversy because they were going to play in the in the Club World Cup, and they they kind of just gave up the trophy there against Aston Villa. Um, kind of didn't really play their players in the in the in the FA Cup. So they win this this title, and then really nothing else this year. And then really, you know, the 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 owners like, hey, you know, we're going to stick with our team. We're not really going to spend any money. And they're talking about sending Ryan Bruce on loan. So it's like. Now this team, if you look at their roster, I mean they're getting a little bit older, and they haven't done anything. Um, they have nothing. They, they have they brought in the one they brought in a one guy from Olympiacos. Um, yeah, who's uh, I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Tino Samikis. There you go. There you go. But but that's so far that's the only signing Liverpool's made. Now they had 99 points last year. Um, you know, mm. and they were runaway winners, and that's a that's still a, a really good squad. But Sean's right; it's a year older. It's a short turnaround after the the COVID break. Uh, they already lost the Community Shield to Arsenal on. They look on terrible. They didn't. Game. They look better in the second half than they did in the first half uh, of of that game. But yeah, you wonder if maybe there is a little bit of a championship hangover uh, for Liverpool this season, and if that opens the door for like a Manchester City or a Manchester United who played really well uh, down the stretch. I, I'm not sure if there's anybody other than those three. Chelsea maybe um, because of all that offensive ta- attacking talent. Outside of those four, I'm not sure there's anybody else that is that is good enough to, to be considered a, a title contender. Uh, I still think Spurs is on the outside looking in. Um, I think Arteta will do a nice job at Arsenal. Uh and and I think Arsenal will have a nice year, but I, I don't think Arsenal is good enough to compete for the title. Um, and then after that, I think you, you that's where you kind of find your Everton's, your Leicester's, um, you know, or, and your Wolves are kind of in that next that 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 next group of teams. I, I agree. Leicester certainly finds themselves in that third tier. Um, just playing devil's advocate here for Liverpool for a second. Second. Dredon Shakiri was a guy who made a huge contribution two years ago that was hurt most of the year last year. So I'm not going to do the whole, that's basically a new player thing, but it'll be nice to have him back. Origi was hurt a lot last year. Origi was one of the main reasons they won the Champions League. So it'll be nice to have him back. I think the biggest thing for Liverpool is going to be if they sell Genie Wijnaldum, and if they do, do they turn that into Thiago Alcantara? If they can add Thiago, Liverpool's still the best team in the world. I know that hurts for you to hear, Sean. Sure. Fact is, they're the best team in the world. And, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I think it's. I, Bayern I Munich think, just I think won the championship. Bayern, Bayern Munich's the best Bayern team Munich in the world right now. Bayern Munich and its twenty-one game winning streak might. Yeah, <laughs> might I, disagree. I, I, but... I think they're. <laughs> yeah. So I, that... I, I think Manchester City is a favorite. 
I mean, I know bet odds wise they are. Uh, even before, like even before this messy talk came in, they they had you know they had their odds had dropped from like it was like plus one fifty down to like minus one fifty in like a week. But you talk about a team like, that struggles like, defensively. Who have they added? City. Yeah, Nathan Ake. Yeah, I mean they're gonna, but you know. Emmerich Laporte is going to be healthy. Obviously, he's got COVID right now, but uh, you know they don't they don't play until they, they get the they get a couple of days off further because they played later in the Champions League. Same with Manchester United; they played deep into the Europa League, so they'll they'll start later. Um, Nathan Ake, I think, was um, really kind of signed. I, I don't know if he'll. Well, start. he started for the Netherlands at left back in the Nations League the yeah. other day. You know, Jao Cancelo, obviously, they're still going to try to get rid of uh, Eric Garcia wants to go. Um, but, they, you know, they, they've obviously been playing Fernandino. I, I think their big thing is they're still trying to get uh, Koulibaly. You know, they're, they're in discussions with, with Napoli for him. Because there's the same thing. I mean, they're spending money like crazy. Um, and then, once again, uh, you know, if, if, this, if, if Messi decides to change his mind tomorrow, there's only one place he's going. Right. So. Well, that's the game changer. If they decide, hey, we're out on Messi, it's not going to happen this year, and they pay the release cost for Koulibaly, then I think it's Manchester City and then everyone else. But if they don't add anyone defensively, listen, they lost seven games last year for a reason. It's because they're bad defensively, and they concede stupid goals. And if they don't do anything to fix that, I don't see them winning the league this year. I think the two things with those both those teams is, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't, if if Messi doesn't come, I, I, you know, Pep will probably go after this year. I mean, he teams he burns out, and teams he coaches they get burned out with him. But I think the same thing can be said for Klopp. I mean, uh, he burns teams out as well, and he gets burned out. And obviously, I think you know he's at some point going to be the German coach uh, after. Yogi Lowe, I think that's talked about. I mean, I'm not sure how long he'll stay, but I think teams sometimes get burned out with him. I know that happened at Dortmund and obviously Mines. So, you know, it's if these teams can kind of keep playing at that same level. I I, I don't think Manchester City, there's, there's, I just, they scored, uh, is it 100 and, 109 goals in the league, 102 goals for, 35 goals against in the league. Their, their goal difference was plus 67. They just happened to play poorly. Like the goals they gave up were all in in the same nine games. Um, they happened, you know. They just they just didn't play well at times. And they, they obviously they had a lot of injuries too. I mean, De Bruyne missed so much time. I just their squad is so much deeper than everybody else's. Wow. It, it's crazy. They just keep and they just they, same thing. I mean, there's still a lot of time left. It just. I mean, I'll talk about Manchester United for a second. If Manchester United signs Jadon Sancho. You know, obviously that changes a lot. I, I still don't think they're deep enough. Like they'll win a lot of games with that because Mason Greenwood's a superstar. Obviously, uh, you know, barring uh, him getting sidetracked from inviting any ladies back to his room, but uh, him and Phil Foden. But like, come on, like, first, hold on, hold on, t- tangent. We're not just like, blowing like, past that. Come on, guys. He's, like, he's, like he's, you, he's, you knew, like. 
you were in Iceland on a business trip. You were going there to play a game, and then you were leaving, and you couldn't I'm, resist. I'm blaming on Foden, man. And you, and you, uh, could, and you couldn't, you I, couldn't I, resist bringing these two ladies to the hotel. And by the I, way, by the way, I read the Daily Mail expose today on this, yeah. and, and the two ladies are like, "We didn't even know they were footballers." I'm. Can I? Yeah, can right. I call? B, can I call day, BS right, on right. that? They knew exactly who those guys were, and knew exactly what they were doing when they went to that hotel, and had every intention of posting pictures and telling people what happened. As 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 my friend on Twitter said, if you've ever been to Reykjavik, you'll know. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's he's a the kid's a star. Uh, Foden's the same thing. I mean, I, obviously, to be honest, I mean, I don't really care that he's out of the England team because it gives him three more days off. But Foden, same thing with Foden and City. I mean, kid's a superstar. I, it, it's crazy that Pep doesn't play him more. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. But you know, if they have Greenwood, Martial, Rashford, and Sancho. With Bruno Fernandez, Pogba, and Vanderbeek behind them, I mean that's a that front seven is is crazy. Obviously, same thing. They won't all play at the same time, and there's not enough space for all them. But you know, they got you know six or seven guys rotating five or six spots. That team becomes really good. It's just whether or not they have enough depth with all these extra games. Um, you know, because it's I think same thing. They 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 need to win a trophy at some point. I mean, if you've been watching that all or nothing with Tottenham, I mean, it, it's all about getting the trophy for them. I, I think United has to win a trophy this year, and only has to win a trophy because you know they got to keep building towards something. And it becomes important. Well, those that- are the two things that I think you have to deal with with Manchester United, Kyle. Is one, do they have enough depth to be really competitive in terms of a Premier League champion? And two, I think they're the only team in the top four that actively has to overcome their coach because I think Ole's just a bad coach. Well, he 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 got a lot out of him after the COVID break, though. He did. Like I it- I think we all thought he was going to be sacked pre pre COVID, and then they come out on fire and they get. You know, to a to a Europa League semifinal, they play they play really well in in the Premier League. They end up securing the top four spot. So if that carries over uh, and they get off to a really good start here, uh, that that could be something that gives them momentum. Um, so I think I, I think Liverpool. We talked about Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea. That's probably the clear cut top four. That's exactly what I was going to say. Ar- Do we see anyone? Ar- Ar- Arsenal, Arsenal, Spurs. Guys? Or Arsenal, Arsenal, Spurs, Wolves, Wolves who have spent some money here. Everton is looks like James Rodriguez is coming in to Everton there with with Carlo Ancelotti as the coach. And they already any got one Alan of those. Napoli. Yeah, any one of those four clubs have a chance to break into the top four? Um, I don't. I think. That. I think Wolves is, is Wolves is the same thing as United from last year. I think they they have really good talent, but it's the same thing. I mean, you play so many games and it's. It, this season is going to be condensed because you got the Euros next year, and then you're playing, you know, the FA Cup and and the the League Cup, and you know, League Cup's already started. It's crazy, you not know. And, and um, just the one advantage for Wolves is the fact that they're they not in Europe next year, but they're not in Europe. They yeah, I, I think in Europe now with them yeah. having free legs, I could see a, a rise up. I would think I just I, I would think Wolves have a better chance to finish in like the top five or six than I think that. I think the small squad is going to hurt Leicester a little bit. I think it's going to hurt Tottenham a little bit, and I think it's going to hurt Arsenal a little bit um, because those those three teams are all going to walk through their group in the in the Europa League. They're all going to be playing in, in the round of 32 and the round of 16. They're all going to think, hey, we can win this and get into the Champions League. So 
you know, I, I, I think the Wolves might end up, you know, if they've been off a couple of those other competitions, uh, Wolves could end up in, in pretty good shape, kind of like Sheffield United last year. They could just concentrate on those mm-hmm. one tournament. And I think Leicester is – not that they're going to punt on the league. I don't want to overstate that at all. But I think you make a great point in saying Leicester's concentration is going to be in Europa because they see that as a better path to Champions League football than finishing in the top four this year. It's ah. hard to play Thursday, Sunday. It, yeah. it gets – I think a lot with with United last year. I, I think a lot of the thing that they struggled at the beginning of the year because they made the semifinals of the Europa or the the um, the Carabao Cup. So they're playing, you know, September, October, November. They're playing all those extra games. They're playing all those games on Thursday and Sunday in the Europa League, and then and then in the league. But then when they didn't have all that extra stuff after the break, is when they went crazy and went on a run. Yeah, uh, you know it's tough, man. It, it, for these teams with smaller squads, it, it's tough. You're going to play in, you know, as they say, Wi-Fi password teams from <laughs> Eastern Eastern Europe and and some of these teams. You know, it's it, you're playing that, and then you're coming back and you're playing. I, I think for like, you know, like I said, for all these teams, you know, Jose's got to win a trophy this year with Tottenham, right? I mean, I, that's why they brought him there. That's the only reason they brought him there to win a trophy. I, I think Brendan Brendan Rodgers has to. Try to you know obviously they were close last year in the Carabao Cup they they you know they they, they want to win a trophy mm-hmm. Arsenal's you know they got a couple trophies now but they you know it's the same thing I mean think about Arsenal's year last year if they don't win if Chelsea won the FA Cup um, instead of Arsenal that year they were finished eighth it was a terrible year up until they won now all of a sudden they got that and then the Charity Shield now it's a pretty good year I I think. I think Arsenal is the team from that group that's got the best chance of finishing in the top four. Uh, well, I agree with that just in terms of if Saliba, uh, Saliba or Gabriel Megalis, that's a last name that I don't know how to say. But if one of those end up being, or both of those end up being decent center halves, now all of a sudden you got a pretty good defense. Sabalos is back on loan. You're pretty solid in the middle, uh, in the midfield. You have Lacazette and Aubameyang. You have guys that score goals, and yeah, you've brought in William from Chelsea yeah. on a free, who I who I think is still has a little bit left in the tank. He could be a contributor, certainly. He it could be, be a contributor for you, guy, yeah. But he could be a contributor, absolutely. I think. Now I fell for Arsenal last year, so I'm not doing it again. <laughs> but well, I think I think I think they've got the right manager in place. I agree now. with that. I agree with that. I think Arteta is a really good coach. You talked about think, um, Sean being a, a pretty successful yeah. year stunningly because it started catastrophically yeah i i, I think yeah exactly i mean they, they ended up the year if if they don't win the trophies that year was a disaster for them mm-hmm. they, they, they go into the thing and it's kind of a a positive um for them no if they didn't if they didn't really win anything this year they're basically like everton kind of a team everybody thought had these high hopes for and then finished 12th you know they would they finished eighth last year at arsenal but uh it changed a little bit We'll see once again with the the Europa League, because you know, they're they're in you know Tottenham's already Tottenham has to play qualifiers in the Europa League to get into the actual draw. Yeah. Arsenal's in uh, automatically because of the uh, FA Cup win. So you know we'll see how that Thursday Sunday stuff now might be Thursday Monday because they're going to be moving games all over the place. Um, changes with them, I, I think maybe. Uh, Everton is another of these teams that we fall for every year, and I know I do. And and, and you know they, they they've made some signings. I don't know how. Like they're just, I don't know how good they are. 
if I was going to pick a team I thought was maybe like going to be a surprise team, I, I would pick Southampton. So I think the way they finished and the way he coaches, I, I, and, and they don't really have any European football. I think they could, you know, be a team finishes seventh. It's a team that's finished top top eight in the last, you know, five years. I, I think they could be a team that that really pushes up the table more so than than Everton. But you know, I, maybe. You know, obviously Burnley was terrible at the beginning of the year, and they, they finished the year, you know, 15 wins, 14 losses, nine draws. But it's if a team that everyone thinks they might get relegated. If Deitch ends up leaving, they're in deep trouble. Yeah, they're in a lot of trouble with – I think he's kind of – he talked about Bournemouth a little bit. You know, Eddie Howe was a guy we always mentioned, you know, two, three years ago as, hey, he should go somewhere, and he overstayed – and then all of a sudden it fell apart, yep. and now he's kind of like, he's got to restart everything. I mean, if Dice leaves, you know, I, I, I guess he's probably not going to leave it this this late now. But um, I, this, I, I would imagine this is going to be his last go around with them. It's hard to get up for it, and you, you got to. You, you, Burnley's tough because you know every time they win, you you, you, you try to pick them, and you're like, man. I, what is, is this, you know it's going to be a one 0 win mm-hmm. if they win. And it's just like, man, are they going to are they going to win? Maybe, but you know, if the other team scores first in the first ten minutes, they have no chance to win the game. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they, they they play they play tough, but you know, I, I don't know for them to get back up like they were a couple years ago, where they're you know in those European spots. I think that's tough for them. Uh, closing, closing, closing shots here. Uh, who's, who's your top four? Who's getting relegated? Um, my top four, I think it's the four we went with Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Man United. Is that your order? Yeah, that's, that's, that's my, my order. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Man United. Um, relegated West Brom, Newcastle. I, I don't I don't want to do it I don't want to do it but I I I, I do think Fulham will will finish in the in the bottom three I hope not I hope I'm wrong, um, but that's that's where I'm at. So top four for me I'm actually now this depends on them getting Koulibaly. If City ends up with Koulibaly, they're winning the league. What about Messi? He's they staying at Barcelona. What? Yeah, he's staying. He's staying. Uh, we'll see. That changes every day. <laughs> he was in the uh, kit. He was in the kit kit launch today. Yeah. So if they don't get either Messi or Koulibaly, then I think Liverpool wins the league. I actually think Chelsea finishes second. I think City finishes third, and then United finishes fourth. Uh, in terms of relegation, I think West Brom, Crystal Palace, and Sheffield United. Uh, but West Ham would like a word because they haven't <laughs> done anything to get better. All right, I'm gonna say Manchester City. Oh, he didn't pick Liverpool to win the league. Yeah, oh, <laughs> he's got Liverpool hey, look, finishing I, ninth this year. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I've as soon as I saw the odds, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be a, I hammered, I hammered Manchester City to win the league. I just, there's no way they're losing nine games. I, I, I saw the odds and I was like, man, I, this is crazy. I I think the I don't even think the league's going to be closed this year. It's just kind of like this year. I, I think City finishes first. I think second. If 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 United get Sancho, I think United finishes second. 
just ahead of Liverpool. I think it's going to be really close. Uh, second, third, fourth. I think second, third, fourth is really close. I- I'll say United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, but it's going to be pretty close points-wise. I-, I think City wins. I don't think anyone's going to get up anywhere near like 99, the last three years where it's been 99 last year, uh, 98, 97, the year before, and 100 um, in 2018. I don't think anybody gets near that. I think the league is a lot better this year. Um, and I think relegation, uh, I'm going to say, man, this is tough. Some bad. West Ham. <laughs> Aston Villa and Fulham. Fulham needs West to get better defensively. They have to. You can't start Michael Hector and Jim Ream. You're going to get ripped apart. It's <laughs> tough. I, I, I think Scotty, Scotty Parker is a pretty good coach. I, I think Slavin Bilic is a good coach. I think he, I think he'll find a way to win some games with West Brom. I, I just think they'll find a couple – I think they'll just be able to win a couple games more than some of these other teams. I I just – West Ham's a disaster and David Moyes, you know. Um, I, I think that's that that sale they just had where you got players on, on Twitter ripping the, the ownership. I mean, that's not good. If the season hasn't even started and you got your captain and all your main players, that that's just – blinking red lights for me like uh right there like man that's not any good um you you guys you think there's going to be a surprise team who who would be your surprise team um surprise team can can wolves still be a surprise team i mean like 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 i said like i said like i said i think arsenal is the most likely of that next group to get to the top four but like like I think we said earlier, Wolves with not having European football this year, having just missed out and being able to focus on the league and with some of the signings that that it's made, um, yeah, I, I think I'll take Wolves as my surprise team. Oh guys, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna Everton. do it again. I'm gonna fall for Everton again. <laughs> I, I'm so mad at myself, but I I love James Rodriguez. I know he struggled over the past couple of years, but I think him getting back with Ancelotti. Settling into the Premier League, they got a good midfield. Uh, they're going to run that bum Gilfie Sigurdsson off to uh, MLS. Um, yeah, don't be hating on MLS. <laughs> they're they're going to be able to score goals. They're going to be able to create opportunities. Uh, if Jordan Pickford could keep a few out of the net, that would help. Um, but I think you could see Everton compete for top six this year. I think for me, it comes down to either Leeds. Or Southampton, I you know I don't know if Leeds is going to be able to get into the top like European spots, but I think they could be like Sheffield United. Obviously, they're going to have some backing, but I, I would pick Southampton um, as my team. Maybe they could finish up in the up in a European spot. Like I said, you know, a couple of years ago they were battling there before they kind of had that disastrous start. I think two years ago, but uh, Hasenhüttl's got them going the right way, and I think with a couple signings, they could be a pretty good team this year. All right, who, but who is again? It's wide open. Who's going to be the first person that Bielsa gets into a fist fight with? Because I'm all in on Michael Oliver. <laughs> One of the reporters, probably. probably. Oh no, Frank Lampard's got to be. <laughs> I can't wait for that. By the way, Jeez. that's. I mean, I obviously, you know, I, the was Spygate, right? Yeah. Bill Belichick. Uh, Spygate. Oh from yes, a couple yeah. years ago when Darby, you know, when uh, Lampard was at Darby, yeah. 
cheer up Frank Lampard where they were singing in the in the and then Dar- Darby County ended up beating them in the uh, in the playoffs and then ended up losing in the playoff final to Aston Villa. But uh, I think when those two teams play, there's not a lot of love lost there between those. I've, Lampard was really really pissed when that happened, which you know kind of should have been, but um, I don't. Have to see when that fixture is. I, I I was hoping United would get drawn with with Leeds right off the bat, but I think yeah. they're kind of trying to see that for the when the fans can come back. And obviously, they give a little update on this. Uh, the fans are are supposed to be back maybe thirty percent in October. I know the Manchester United people are are sending some stuff out to, you know, you know, it's it, it's going to be tough uh, because you know. There's more than obviously 30% of the seats in a lot of these places are, are season ticket holders. So how do you decide who gets to go and who doesn't? You know, Tottenham had said, we, I think we should maybe talk about this real quickly before we go. Tottenham had sent a letter out to the richest, hey, the richest supporters are going to get like the seats, which is kind of a PR what, what disaster great, on top of everything else. What is a great way to done. make everybody but, angry at you? They yeah. hard, I mean, you know, obviously Tottenham took took the, the, the money, it's PPE money here or whatever it's called. Um, you know, t- Liverpool took it and then didn't take it. So there's a whole thing going on with, with the COVID. But, um, you know, to, to, to see who's going to go to these matches, because obviously, I you know, we haven't, we haven't been around, but, you know, I, we've talked about this. I, I don't know how you guys felt about, like, the, the fake crowd noise and stuff. I, I think, you know, when you watch the League One matches this, you know, the last couple of weeks with some crowds in the stands, 4,000, 5,000, I I think at least it gives you a little bit of an atmosphere. Um, and it, it's, it's been tough without the things, but obviously it's something that had to be done. Yeah, it's something that had to be done. I mean, I've enjoyed it without the crowd, but it's obviously better with the crowd there. I mean, to, to me, I think probably the moment of the season in terms of fans exploding last year was at Villa Park when Esri Contra scored that goal in the 96th minute against Watford, uh, the goal that ultimately kept Aston Villa up. Um, I think that was the moment of the season, the fans going nuts and everything like that. You obviously don't have those moments without the supporters there. That's what makes football great are those moments like that. Um, but I think that a lot of, a lot of good came after the break and you know it's it's not perfect but it's better than not having any football for three months well i think of it as after the break as well what do you guys think of the new cbs coverage for the champions league compared to what we've had uh, in this country for the last three or four years they were great i mean immediately they did what 10 shows and they might already be up there with nbc they were yeah, no, nah, Jamie Carragher's unbelievable. He did a good job. I mean, Kate Abdel. Um, I, last year, it's, it's weird because, you know, we watched this the coverage on TNT and, you know, the guy that you was mean, in the studio had, is now the new, the, the, bas- the, the head basketball the Brooklyn coach. Brooklyn Nets head coach was... Brooklyn Nets, which is like, <laughs> it's just like so weird. You know, they, I, they tried to do something. It didn't work. They tried to yep. do something different and they, they tried to give you... American voices with the Champions League coverage, oh, which which I mean I, I understand why they they did yeah. that, um, but obviously that CBS show was based back in in Europe, was yeah. was back in the UK, um, and that's how you were able to get uh, you know uh, Jamie Carragher, Michael Richards, Roberto Martinez on that show. And they use the UK um, so so just to kind of. Yeah, so so you kind of so you're basing that out of the UK instead of the 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 US. So it's a little different 
um, in terms of how you're doing. I do hope that they're able to get some games on actual network television, which they weren't able to do. Like, they were on the CBS Sports Network, which was a station I didn't get. Um, so I actually watched the final in <laughs> Spanish on 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 Univision because I do get that channel. Um, so, like, if CBS is going to have that, I hope that that plan includes some games on actual CBS uh, during the Champions League season. And it definitely will. The reason that happened is because they didn't plan on having Champions League this year. This was supposed to be Turner's final year, but the way the contract was written, it wasn't for the 2020 final. It was through the end of June. So CBS just found themselves like, oh, crap, we've got to throw this coverage together. Uh, And they did so unbelievably. I think the biggest thing is the mistakes that Fox made and the mistakes that Turner made where they were trying to catch people who accidentally found their coverage and explain to them what football, what soccer was. I think the smart thing that CBS is doing is they're treating their audience like they're adults. I, I agree, and, and I think... They've watched the game. Before. Yeah, yep. no, and I, look, and if you want to have an American voice on there, I think that's okay, particularly in a year when you're going to have Pulisic, uh, Weston McKenney now at Juventus, uh, Tyler Adams at RB Leipzig are all going to Gio Reyna at Borussia Dortmund are all going to be in the Champions League. So I think if, and I think if you know ultimately ends up there, yeah. So if that's where he ultimately ends up as yeah. part of that that coverage, um, I think that's okay. I think that's okay too because because at the end of the day, it, CBS is still that is still the network in in America where the Champions League is being broadcast and what is going to be really a record number of American players. In the Champions League this year, I think it's okay to have that voice and say, hey, here's something about these guys. Here's why American fans should be excited about these guys um, and, and why you know the, the men's team is going to be one to watch. Um, you know, I, I think that's Tim Howard, Yeah, like Tim know, Howard. Well, yeah. Tim, Tim Howard's just joined the NBC for the coverage, you know, taking Kyle Martino's spot. Okay. So like, I mean – you know, but when you watch NBC's like Kyle Martino's not on there every right. every day of or every game uh, match day. You know, he's in there. There's a rotation and stuff. So he, you know, you, you, he's not. You're not. They're not like jamming these people down your throats. Like it's just part of the coverage. And it's I, you know, at CBS will probably have the same thing, like you said, Kyle or Martino or somebody, and they're gonna set it up and it's not going to be like jamming it down your hey we got to have like it, it, it just seemed like it was like wacky too, yeah. like too wacky all of a sudden like with the multiple sets and stuff and they just the 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 covers they have with Carragher Carragher's does the Monday Night Football in on um, Sky with Gary Neville and they, they, they use the guys they use you know obviously Roberto Martinez is the Belgium coach but he's also you know he does the ESPN coverage for the Euros so they use people that they, they that they've they've done stuff and on other things and kind of know what they're doing and I it seemed like there was less commercials it seemed like they just kind of had the the you know it just seemed more informative to me so I I loved it and obviously the the Fox coverage with the Bundesliga was a little weird because there was nothing because the same thing they were giving up the the coverage to ESPN and now ESPN Plus is basically you know. You really need three channels. You know, you need ESPN Plus now, you know, CBS All Access, and now the Pe- Peacock is going to be showing. You know, I, I don't know if you guys seen this, but Peacock will be showing all the Monday games. It's not going to be on NBC Sports. It'll be oh, on Peacock. Oh, that right. Yeah. 
So you have to you have to get the service. So which is it's what it's thirty dollars a year. So it's it's you know it's two fifty a month. But uh, they don't have it on Fire Stick or Roku. You have to either get it through your cable company or Apple TV or um, you know I, I just bought a PlayStation Four to have it. So but yeah, they're going to be kind of pushing this thing towards that. So you know. Fubo obviously is, is massive, so they're they're really starting to go towards the streaming thing that's yeah. kind of big in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. So for that money that you're paying, you know, they're gonna give you some some value for it. So, so this is gonna be the last podcast that we post here on the box to box feed. So if you want to keep listening to us, and we're gonna be back, we're gonna try and do this at least once a week, if not more frequently, because now we have a remote setup figured out. So. We can, you know, we don't have to all meet in one central place. We can get together at our houses. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to that new feed and check out the new website, Sean Miller. Where can you find it? How do you spell it? Give us all the details. Uh, it's going to be on, uh, I guess, the, the Twitter page. Hold on, let me get it for you. Um, Amargao Football, at A-M-A-R-G-A-O. F-U-T-E-B-O-L, Amargal Football. Um, I'll I see if I can find a way to, to – tw- I'll tweet it out to everybody and I'll put it on the, the Prodigal Sean page. But uh, the, 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 the webpage will be the same thing, Amargal Football. It actually – I don't know if you know Portuguese. It means bitter football. And, uh, it means Amargal means bitter. So it's like a, a play on like uh, – when you're on Twitter, all these like transfer people, they're kind of going nuts. So, but it's a, you know, it sounds cool because it's Portuguese. Love it. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so it'll be there, and obviously, uh, it'll be on uh, all the pod pod chaser and all that. Correct. Yeah, it's going to be everywhere you can find podcasts on new podcast feed. So it's not just going to be on iTunes. You're going to be able to find it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, anywhere you can find it. Pod chaser, all those great places. Uh, you're going to be able to find our our new podcast feed as well, a Margal Football. Now. We- Will this be on there today? Will this be up on the new site? You said, yeah, so that's what we're the... going to do. We're going to post this on both Box to Box Football and Amargal Football. So make sure you go over there. Make sure you subscribe to the new feed. And this will be our last one on Box to Box Football. Henceforth, you can be able to, to find us on Amargal Football. All right. That's cool. So, Myron, if you're listening, I know you are. You've been you know, asking me for about uh, two years. <laughs> When's the next feed? Mark. I don't know if he's been asking you guys on, on Twitter or not, but he uh, sends me a lot of messages from Belize. Well, he's he's uh, he's he's drowning his tears after the Colorado Avalanche were eliminated yeah, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> know, that's right. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. And then, once again, uh, obviously, uh, you know, there will be some other stuff, uh, different maybe daily stuff, short podcasts, maybe some um, some other kind of things. Uh, picks picks of the day or whatever it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll probably get that up in the next, get that going probably in the next week or so. Sounds good. It was great to see you boys. Yeah, you too. For Sean Miller, for Kyle Franco, I'm Mike Samsel. Make sure you check out the new feed at Amargal Football. Follow it on Twitter. Sean is at the Prodigal Sean. Kyle is at KJ Franco. I'm not on social media anymore, so you scoundrels can't find me anymore. <laughs> and we will talk to you next time here on Amargal Football. <laughs>